Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants who work with me to help me build stronger, healthier, better versions of food businesses. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for over 25 years now. We're taking you behind the scenes in my business to meet some of them. I'm very excited to have managed to get Laura Winningham, the founder and head of strategic relationships from City Harvest London, to squeeze a chat with me into her day. City Harvest has grown massively in in response to the demands that the pandemic has created from people who are needing support and food. And also during the pandemic, a number of people have been able to volunteer with them, either because they've been furloughed and have had more time on their hands or because sadly they've been made redundant and it has allowed them to do something to give back and and they've chosen to to give that time to City Harvest. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and about how businesses can get involved, whether it is sponsoring a vehicle, whether it is um, donating food that might otherwise have gone to be disposed of, or whether it is through lending skills that they have within the business to City Harvest to enable them to grow, respond, change things that they're doing, update their systems, that sort of thing. And we also talk about how businesses can support charities generally and how we should talk about that. And I think often people are afraid to talk about it either because it then looks like you're doing it so that you can talk about it or that it looks like you're bigging yourself up for doing something that maybe other people aren't able to do. And so we talk about why it's important that you do share that about the culture within millennial businesses and Generation Z, about how, you know, young businesses starting really want the sustainability and their support of community to be right at the heart of what they do. But also, you know, what that means for all other businesses and how if we do talk about it in some way, either about what we're doing or about what we've learned from what we're doing, how often that can give other people ideas of things that they could do to help. So new job title. Head of Strategic Relationships and Founder, which is wonderful. And congratulations on, you know, getting to the position where you've expanded so much that that you need those additional supports and those additional roles and things. It's amazing. It really is. It's sad and amazing because it's sad that there is such a need for what City Harvest do, but it's wonderful that you're there to do it. So... It's been um, in response to huge need and it's yeah. still growing. And I, I, and I don't see that changing, unfortunately. So can you tell me a little bit about how you describe your job now to other people? Well, City Harvest has been successful in what we do because we have so many different stakeholders joining in to help feed the community. People like yourself, who's um, been instrumental in introducing us to food companies that want to donate surplus food, people in the local councils and 
financial donors, they all come together. And my new role is really making sure everyone um, knows what we're doing, um, knows we appreciate how they're helping us and um, understands the things we need to move forward in the future. I was going to say, knows what you need is kind of key too, isn't it? Yeah, so you can plan and, and do things like that. How do you think other people describe what you do? What do your children say you do? That's a really good question. I mean, essentially what we do is very simple. We rescue food that would go to waste and we get it to people in need. But, of course, it's not waste food. It's perfectly edible food just going. It's just surplus food. Yeah, the food that needs redirected, isn't it? It's wonderful. And it's great that it doesn't get wasted, too, and that people that really need it can can be given it. And I remember being out with one of your drivers and seeing how that worked firsthand, that the drivers have the knowledge to know when they've picked something up, where else on their route that day may actually be able to use the thing. So sometimes it doesn't even come back into the depot. It just goes straight on to the next link in the chain, which is phenomenal because that allows you to accept food at pretty short shelf life sometimes and still be able to get it to people when it has purpose. So it's brilliant. It's a very different model. Absolutely. You bring up a really good point, which is the knowledge that City Harvest has, and that comes into play. That's why we work so effectively with food donors because um, they might have the food and they might want it to benefit the community, but they might not know which organizations need the food, what time they need it, what types of food they need, the dietary restrictions. Or be able to cope with big volumes of food, short, short shelf life things, you know, different things. I I know from when I've been involved in food and drink awards or different things where we've had surplus food and we've been dealing with you or exhibitions, everybody always says that how your staff handle it and how flexible they are and how organised and how helpful they are is so different from their experience with any other organisations that they try to deal with, which is superb. It's really good. Well, thank you for saying that. That is our USP. We want to make it really simple for our partners to get their food collected. And we hire people who are flexible. That's a really key yeah. aspect of it. That's brilliant. Well, it, it stands out. So sometimes you can think you're doing something or you're trying to do something, but you don't always know if it comes through. And I would say that definitely comes through in, in the dealings that I've had with your team and the other people that I know have had with them. Can you tell me when you first had the idea of starting City Harvest London, getting that up and running? How long ago was that now? Well, it's seven years, probably to the week, seven years ago. Um, But I was aware of this happening in other cities around the world. Most major cities seem to have food rescue organizations. But London, when we started had really no solution for what we call the last mile in food rescue. Yep. The food that is close to expiring, but still perfectly edible. And that needed to be transported efficiently and rapidly to people in need. Yep. So seven years. Brilliant. And in that time, how many meals have you rescued now? Because I know those numbers were whizzing round last year at such a rate, which is both, 
an amazing compliment to you guys for doing it, but it's tragic too that there is so much need. Yeah, I think, um, Jane, when you and I first met, it was certainly way under a million meals. And now we're at, I think, 21 million meals have been distributed just in London. Goodness. And I mean, a lot of that growth has really been in the last three years, probably, hasn't it? Um, since the crisis began, so to put in perspective, yep. let's say 20 million meals since we started, 10 million of those in the last 12 months. Jeez. And so if you... That's incredible. It is isn't it? incredible. That is. But thank goodness that you are there to, to help and to help redirect and to help shine a light on the people that are needing that. What was your background before City Harvest? Where did you come from into? Hmm. Where did your skill set get honed? Yeah. Well, it, it it wasn't in the world of food. It was um, actually on Wall Street where I was first an investment banker and then I was working at in the world of hedge funds as an as a research analyst slash portfolio manager. So, um, but it's the skills of, you know, researching something that is an issue and finding the solutions for it. That's, I think, helped City Harvest get off the ground. I was able to dig really deep into the space, see what was needed. And that's been a continual process throughout it. There's constant change. It's a very dynamic space. And yeah. To, To always, yeah, to constantly be changing. And so you've moved to, during the last six months, you've moved into a new distribution centre. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about the size of it and, and what that allows you to do more of or differently? Or I'm dying to come and see it, which is definitely going to do that soon. Um, I think that the scale of the new depot we're in really puts things in perspective because we moved from a 3,000 square foot uh, depot to one that's almost 14,000 square feet. And um, although we had planned on scaling up be- before the COVID crisis, we were probably going to double in size. But this, we... But you've multiplied by five. Yeah. And that's, again, pull from the community, demand for our food. We have a wait list of 350 charities. We deliver to 350 charities. Uh, so we know that this is the new normal. This isn't just a blip related to COVID. No. There's going to be a long tail of need. And so we're setting up for that and, and, and we'll have additional depots around London. So, yeah. And I would also say you have got better known. So now people are coming to approach you and ask you for help too. You know, I think that has also happened. So it's, um, it's unbelievable. Though. It really is. You and I have had some conversations before. I I was doing some some work on equity within my business and and what I wanted, um, how I wanted our business values to show up in everything else that we did. And as part of that, I had come across figures for that suggested that in the states, small businesses actually give more money to help good causes that they support than larger businesses do. But because larger businesses tend more more money percentage wise and also in dollars, but because large businesses tended to give, you know, one amount at some point um, and also because they tended to 
talk about what they'd given because partly because they're required to show up and and say what they've done with with their shareholders money and and things like that so they talk about it more but it really surprised me at that point that smaller businesses gave more and i'm i'm certain now from having spoken to businesses here anecdotally that i think the same is probably happening here and it's it's a difficult thing because you don't necessarily want to talk about what you're doing as a business but more and more particularly with younger people millennials and, and younger people they are looking for businesses who are doing good to support how does it play out for you how does it help you if people do talk about what they're doing um it's a really good question, and it was so helpful that you brought that to my attention, but it really was something we were seeing on the ground. When we speak to young, new food companies, they're often infused with values of giving and values of yep. sta- sustainability that we don't always see in larger companies. And we're able to talk about you know, ways to support City Harvest from the beginning with them. It, it's part of yep. the conversation up front and it's understandable. We can only keep our organization running and our vans on the road collecting food with the support of partners. So, yep. we're, you know, we need that. And I think young food companies want to both protect the planet. They want to make sure their customers know that they're doing the right thing. So these are the kind it's of It's in there from the beginning. It's there from the beginning. Whereas often in large companies, we're dealing some with someone that sits separately in a separate office focused on sustainability or mm-hmm. food waste. And it doesn't empower everyone else on the team to do the right thing with surplus food because it doesn't the company doesn't have that as a core value. No, I, I think I think that's that's good. So it is good if people, if food businesses have that conversation, because obviously then other people think, oh, well, if they're doing that, actually, we could do that too. So that is open to us too. And as you say, if you're looking to have other depots in other parts of London, then also that opens you up to being more able to receive food from people. But I mean, as well as food donations, you obviously need finance. I know you need vehicles. You need to be able to employ people. You also need volunteers. Can you tell me some of the ways that businesses can get involved with you? Because it, they don't need to be food businesses. I know you have a lot of other teams of people coming, certainly pre-COVID. And during COVID, you benefited from people who were furloughed volunteering to do stuff while they weren't able to work. So can you maybe just talk a little about that just to give other people an idea of what they could do? Absolutely. We couldn't be where we were today if we didn't have all these volunteers come in doing many different things, including yourself, Jane. You've done so much for City Harvest. We've had IT teams from a company named TIPCO. We've had uh, pro bono consulting, strategic consulting from Bain. These things have made City Harvest stronger. And I should say all charities can greatly benefit from this kind of pro bono support. It's in, it's invaluable. How can people find out what they can do? You know, what's useful? What's the... Yeah, 
what's the way to do that? I mean, for you, but also for other people too, as you say, because it's good just to talk about, you know, because I think sometimes people do want to help, but they don't necessarily, they'd be thinking, well, we don't have surplus food, so how can we help? Or I, Absolutely. I think um, oftentimes people could come in, anyone can sign up for a shift at City Harvest sorting food in our depot. It's a really fun volunteer experience. I think it's made people's lives better during the pandemic. When I talk to people in the depot about why they're there, and it's a very big mix of people, really unique individuals. They all have a story, but it's just they came together. It feels like a family. They're doing something good. They're giving back. But often when they come in, they speak to our staff. They speak to me. They speak to other people on our comms team, and they find ways to help. So first they come in and they get just introduced to what we're about and then yes. when you, and this is true of any charity, you know, we need most charities need support. We don't have unlimited yes. funds and resources. Um, so it's yeah. finding out what's needed and jumping in. If it's an entrepreneurial organization like City Harvest, we welcome people to just come in. And if there's a project to be done to jump in and help us, that's the kind of environment we have. So we, we say that a lot. Also, a lot of volunteers during that came in who were furloughed who lost jobs during COVID, we've hired a lot of them. Brilliant. I think around 80% of our hires in the last year have been people who had just come in, found us, and volunteered. And because they found us, it showed they were interested in our mission. So it really made them... Uh, the perfect employees. They were the perfect employees. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good to know too. And in, in terms of... Because I know previously you've had support from people who've given you vehicles to help you cope with the extra amount of food. How many vehicles have you got now? We have 16 refrigerated um, yep. Mercedes Sprinters. And um, you see, hopefully people have spotted them all over London. We're in yep. every borough. They're amazing too. And any, great, I should say any vehicles. company can sponsor a van. And that's one yes. source of our sustainable funding. The vans are seen by thousands of people each day. People off the, the branding is interesting. The graphics, people often stop our drivers and ask about what we do. So, you know, any company that wants to. Great. I know I've been sat behind the vans before and I always look to see who sponsored them. You know, it's lovely. It's really nice to know that as well. So that's one way that people can do it. Can people sign up and regularly give to you? Is that? If they, you know, if they want to do some regular donating, is that something they can do? Yeah. Is there a limit on how big an amount that has to be? Or uh, are you talking about funding or time? Um, funding. Uh, yeah. We welcome or time. <laughs> we welcome both of them and regular giving. I mean, right on our website is there's a donate button. You could sign up for regular monthly right. giving and having that visibility. You know, our supporters commit to give regular giving let's us put more vans on the road because we know Brilliant. we have that support and we can make the investment and then you're not spending all your time chasing trying to find new investment which is which is a huge part of the struggle that all charities have to meet the needs of the people that want their support they're constantly also having to spend time resourcing that which i know is a as a big part of it it's it's a all. big it's a big part of it i think what um what we've really seen are companies that have come in and donated money small companies large companies they also send volunteers in and so the relationship yes. gets deeper and it's really a 
a win-win situation. Um, they, uh, the companies, a lot of companies don't want to just write a check anymore. They want to get no. involved. And it, well, I think too, people want to know how that money is being used by people. And I mean, I, I, you know, you do hear stories about organizations getting money and then using it internally on something that, and, and I think people want to understand. And I think that it was certainly with the way that you all work and run things, I think if people come in to volunteer, then that would encourage them to want to do more to help you. Cause I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll see good practices. So um, absolutely. they'll want to do that. When, for yeah. two things, when if a company sponsors a van, we're very data driven. I can present data at the end of the year showing exactly how much food that one van has delivered to charities around London and which, which, which charities the food went to. Um, also, when teams come into City Harvest, they see the quality of the food that we have. And that's the most amazing thing. They walk through mm. the doors and they pick up beautiful pieces of meat. Yes. Uh, exotic fruit. All of, and, and people are just amazed that this might have gone to landfill. So, um, you almost have to see it to believe it's it. It's wonderful because a lot of what people, most people know about is the food bank food. And it's the stuff that you can put in in supermarkets. So it has to be long shelf life stuff so that by the time it gets collected from the supermarket and given to them, uh, and so that means also that if you're dependent on food banks for food, you're very often not getting as much of the fresh food and fruit and things. And I mean, you know, a while, a few years ago, I did a week eating from the Sufra food bank and it really heightened my awareness of what that would be like. A, because you only have enough food for yourself. So you can't share food with a neighbor or how isolated that made me feel so quickly. I never had anticipated and also just how much I missed fresh fruit or fresh vegetables or I, I remember commenting that I've been given a certain number of tea bags and they said that was more to do with how much I could afford to boil the kettle if I had a power key rather than you know how many cups of tea I might want to drink in a day and you know to think that you may come home from somewhere cold and not have the money to heat your house but then not really even be able to warm yourself up with a drink it is is very good to get the opportunity just to see where some of that stuff goes and then to come out on a van with you and see food being picked up but also see it going out and seeing you know, young mums in a mother and baby unit, so excited about the quality of food they were getting and then going somewhere else where there were people that didn't have many cooking skills and they could make use of stuff that had come out of a workplace canteen that was already cooked for them. And, you know, and I mean, that's the thing. It's not all manufactured food. You're picking stuff up from retail sites. You're picking stuff up from restaurants. You're picking stuff up from workplace canteens. You're so, I mean, and, and things like the free from awards when they ran, I know your guys went in and picked up all the food they judged and can bring that out. And that's great too, because that's stuff that wouldn't norm, maybe normally these people wouldn't get the chance to get some of that kind of food. And I know you do a lot of trade shows and exhibitions and photo shoots and all kinds of things that you will go and reclaim the food from. So it's terrific. Um, Jane, I often tell the anecdote of you spending a week eating food bank food when I'm trying to explain the difference between city harvest food and food bank food. 
And it's really key. It's how you feel at the end of the week when you've not eaten fresh food. And also, I always imagine, because I know that a lot of the people that were being helped at Sufra at that time were Syrian refugees and, and people from the Middle East who have such flavorful cuisine and things. So to be given tinned beans, I, I was told to, you're very unlikely to be able to afford herbs and spices if you're needing to rely on it. I mean, I know even from donating locally to the food bank, you know, the things they ask for, nappies and things. As somebody who's never had children, I was horrified at the price of those things. And I can completely see why on a very limited budget, you can't afford to buy those kind of things either. So it, it's tragic that there is such a need, but there is. And as you say, to get that fresh stuff, for you to be able to give day centers and places that you know can cook with things and have those skills, that stuff, and to be able to, you know, to be able to lift people's spirits with the food that you can take to them. And I mean, I've seen gorgeous cakes coming from patisseries and things back in and back through. It's really lovely. And it's brilliant that you're set up in a way that allows you that flexibility too. Yeah. It's very important. Yep. We really have to be conscious of the the cultural needs of the different places we deliver to. So we factor that in when the vans are being packed in the morning, we have culturally appropriate food going to each and every charity. And so it adds to the complexity of our work, but also the effectiveness of it. I was just going to say, but it, the difference it has on the effectiveness at the other end is absolutely enormous. You know, that's brilliant. So if people are wanting to get involved, they need to go to the website, which is cityharvest.org.uk and look there and then they can see what you're up to. And then social media, you're kind of on most, aren't you? You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, LinkedIn. So you're in great places and doing great work. So and unfortunately, your need has massively increased during the pandemic and doesn't look like that is going to change in any way. And so I think, you know, it it's important that that people who want to help, of which there are a lot, know the ways to get in touch with you, know the ways they can help, know that they can come and just do one volunteer session or that they can come out, you know, come in and help pack in the warehouse and see what's going on. And then that will maybe help them to understand what else they can do. But you're just like any other business running. You need accounting support. You need social media support. You need SEO support. You need all those things. So whatever their skill set is, you would undoubtedly have a use for them. And certainly, you know, if if they're in running local groups and things and they want to get behind something and, and make a difference in their local community, then this is a great way to do it. It always makes me excited when somebody phones me and says, do you know anyone that could take this food from us? Or do you know? Because, you know, because it's very, very costly too to get rid of food if you are going to waste it. And it's so much more gratifying to see it going to people that will be excited by it. And I've I've seen chefs cooking in places, getting excited about being given amazing fresh fish or lovely olive oil or any of those things. So any businesses that have stuff that's nearing the end of their shelf life, it would be great too if they got in touch with you and could help by donating food too. We'd, we'd welcome it. And um, if anyone wants any information, they could find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to, you know, 
tell anyone more about it and, and talk about ways to get involved. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you for squeezing us into, I know, a busy day. It's always a busy day with you. But um, thank you very much for doing that. And I really hope that this helps you reach some new people. I'm also going to send you a note now and try and get through your emails because I know that you had hundreds of them the last time I spoke to you, um, through your emails and try and get a date to come in. That would be amazing. Have a look. Actually, I think we maybe even put that in. Oh, I, I need to check. I think there is something. I, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's in. So that's great. Because yeah. so I'll get in and be able to see the new depot. And then I'll be able to share some pictures on our social and hopefully encourage, you know, let some other people know other things they could be doing. Because that's the thing. People don't always want to talk about what they are doing, but by talking about it you can help um show other people things that they could be doing either with city harvest or with other charities that are differently relevant to their business that that might make sense for them to get involved with but there's and and you know in the last 18 months so many charities haven't been able to do normal fundraising things that they do that would normally raise money for them and with people not being in their offices and things, you know, they're just some of the ways that you would normally get donations haven't happened. So it would be really great if we could stir up some new ideas among people. So I think everybody's got to talk about what they can do and what they are doing and 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 know that that might just give somebody else a seed of something. Because I think, you know, you and I started that conversation about it blew my mind that small businesses were doing more and giving more, not just as a percentage of their turnover or, but actually giving more cash, which is great. So, and there are so many more small companies and there are lots of new ones setting up. So let's get right in at the beginning and, and help people to, to, you know, and, and just the joy that it will give them when they see the benefits that they're passing on to other people, I know will be immense. So great. Well, thank you, Jane. Thank you for being a thank friend you. of City Harvest and for all your support. Thank you. You're most welcome. It's a, an exciting thing to be involved in and it's a real privilege. So I'm very lucky. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time.